Hello, and welcome to the How to Scale a Business podcast. My name is Hector Santi Esteban, and I am one of your hosts. We are here with Kuzehan Ozdemir. He is a founder coach, he's a startup coach, and also a faculty member right now at a big time university. And today we're going to talk about not scaling a business, but really starting and launching a business correctly. Because I think if you can do that, the scaling part becomes so much easier. So much of the scaling seems to be putting in the foundation that probably should have been there at the beginning. So Kuzehan, thank you for being here today. I appreciate your time. Hector, I would like to thank you for having me in your show. I'm delighted to be with you. Fill in a little bit about the gaps and a little bit about your experience. We mentioned before you, you started the call that you're from Turkey and now you're here working with a variety of people, faculty members, startup founders, helping them to launch and grow their business. So fill us in on some of the gaps, how you got to do that and a little bit about what you're doing now. Sure. Actually, maybe I can start with just my background. I am an engineer, electronics and computer engineer. And I work for many years with technology companies, manage many projects. And I moved to the United States six years ago. And before I moved here, I was working in a technology transfer office of a university. So there I was working with students, faculty members to take their ideas to the market. And actually what brought us is my wife's work because my wife was working for an international organization. And he got a position here in D.C., and then life brought us to the United States. And actually, it itself was a start for me from scratch, coming to a new country because I have never lived in the United States. So it was something different for me and for my kids. And in the first years, when my wife was working, I was dealing with my kids because one was in elementary school, the other one is in middle school. And the other one is, I didn't know, uh, I will not say nobody because I had some friends from the international organization, but literally I didn't know the environment, even where I am. So it was just a start. Uh, after a while, I started to work in one of the international organizations in a startup, helping startups to reach out startups developing sustainable technologies all around the world. So I was working with them. So it brought me the realization that I was thinking that I knew something about climate change and uh, all uh, clean technologies and everything, but I realized that I need to learn more. Even if my background is technology and business, I worked more than 25 years in all these areas. So I learned that. And then the other one was also important for me. I realized that when my kids were growing and coming to high school, and now my daughter is a freshman in a college, and I realized that I will stay here for a long time, and then I wanted to be part of this community more, involved more, and I started to mentoring in clean technology accelerators to the startups, and it brought me to mentoring in startups or the teams in the University of Maryland, which for a program called ICOR program, which is funded by National Science Foundation. It's an entrepreneurship program for students and faculty teams. It was really important for me to help them to go from the idea to the market we call 
or all this process, how they really get this idea to make it something concrete and helping them really changing the world in their terms, which is, which starts with changing themselves. So it was also very important for me because I had to change myself when I was going through this process. So I just wanted to bring all this experience of mine and also expertise to them. So I am now working with many teams and I am also managing an entrepreneurship program in one of the universities here in Virginia. You know, it's so interesting that when I got into business, I don't remember how long it took, but I quickly realized that if I want my business to grow, I need to grow. If I want my numbers to get bigger, I need to personally get bigger or I need to expand my skills that how I was coming out and how I was not going to succeed, if you will, at least not at the level that I was hoping or expecting. So I'm curious for you with the work that you're doing with founders, is it a lot of it externally focused where you're talking about markets and products and distribution channels and all these parts of business? Or are you focusing internally with them and having them look at their leadership skills, their vision, you know, their communicate, whatever it is, where are you pointing the focus for some of these founders? This is a very good question, which is not addressed in a proper way as far as I am concerned. Because what we are trying to teach or train all the teams, a methodology we call Lean Startup Methodology, I'm sure you are aware of that, going outside of their comfort zone, talking to customers, and of course, validate starting with the problem rather than their solution. So you need to understand really customers, do they have this problem or do they care about your solution and all this process? And I think this is very important. Going through this process requires some of these founders, or at that time, even if they don't know that they are funding something, they are just starting a project for their mind, some of them. So it is also important for them it also requires change in their way of thinking. It is about themselves. For example, when I'm mentoring, is of course, we are mentoring about all this process, the methodologies we are trying to teach them, and we are encouraging them to go outside, to talk as many people as possible, to get their views, and this is a very good experience. But on the other side, what I see sometimes, there are difficulties. So then you need to change your head from mentor to a coach and try to help them to ask questions, the questions that can help them to move forward. For example, sometimes it's not easy for them to go outside and talk to people that they don't know. Even, you know, we call this customer, but these are the people most of the time they don't know. And it is not easy because, for example, I don't know how it works here in the U.S., but in Turkey, we tell the children, say, don't talk to strangers, right? So when you grow up this way, don't talk to strangers, it is always in your mind, and it is not easy for you to go outside and talk to someone who is strange or foreigner or all those things. So this is the thing. So I am also trying to give them this perspective. So that's why I also talk about mindset and how they shape their mindset. And I'm talking about growth mindset, entrepreneur mindset. And just for this, it was very interesting. Maybe I can share it with you. I'm talking with so many teams and I'm saying, okay, in our program, 
you have to go outside and talk to customers, okay? And I realized that I am talking with them, and now these people, in a sense, I am trying to help, but they are also my customers, right? So other than in the context of mentoring or coaching, I need to go outside and talk to as many startup founders, entrepreneurs as possible so that I can really understand their thought process, how they think, how they go through this process, how they come over the challenges. So it made me talk more than 65 entrepreneurs and experts, even if I was talking about how they go over the things. But I realized that the most important one is about emotions. There are lots of emotions at stake, and they're really not aware how to deal with these emotions, and all of them are finding their own ways. I can give you one example. One of the founders that I was talking, he said, I decided I cannot work for the corporation, so I had an idea. I wanted to do my own thing on the side, and I went through one of the incubators, and I asked, okay, what should I do? Okay, you have to go outside and talk to customers. Oh my God, it was the fear. It's the scary moment for me going to outside or talking to someone that I don't know. He told me, I never forget, I would die at that moment when I started to talk. In my view, I cannot imagine why one, one person can feel such a strong feeling, right? You feel like dying. But this is important. If there are people feeling like this, it's important for them to really understand that there is nothing to die. And there is something that people have a tendency of expectation. What they are expecting is not as they come across when it is real, right? So they have such a fear, but maybe they meet someone like you, for example. They are looking, for example, a product, and they need about the podcasting, and I am sure they will find you. Oh my God, Hector is a very famous person, and I will never be able to talk with him. This is the feeling at first. But I am sure if they reach out to you, you will help them with all your resources. So this is the, one of the important things that I am trying to help them. Yeah, you're speaking to so many powerful things, which is this personal side of business. And yes. at so many levels, right, we think that we get better and then we realize that, nope, we're actually not as great as we think we are. And it's this constant, you're never done, right? It's not like you've reached the mountaintop. You've all of a sudden figured it out. As I've gone on this journey, and I think I'm heading into my now 13 or 14th year in business, part of the challenge that I'm seeing is that I would hit a certain level of success, and then my personal limitations would be the things that held me back from continuing to grow in business. I would think that it was the business's fault, or I would point to my customers, or I would point to these other things. But in actuality, I realized that, no, I was just, I was being fearful. I was procrastinating. I was having my own limiting. There was all these things that I was doing that was preventing me from reaching that next level. And so what, when we get back from break, I want to ask you, what are some tactics, some things that people can do, right? How do people actually get better. We can talk about all the business stuff, but I think this is a great conversation to talk about the personal side. And so we're going to get into a little bit of that right after this quick break. 
Hey guys, thanks for tuning in today. Today's episode is brought to you by Amplify Media. And you might think of us as a typical podcast production company, but we try and do more than that. So not only do we help you out with your podcast and getting your message and your branding out there, but we also like to help drive bottom line revenue as well. And so if you are wanting to start a show, but you're curious if it actually makes dollars and cents, go to amplifymedia.com or check the link in the show notes and let's see if we can help you. But with that, let's get back to today's show. Okay, Kuzan. So when we were at break, you actually mentioned something that you had sent to me that I hadn't seen until now, an article you published in the Harvard Business Review in the Ascend publication, and it's what you need to know about launching a startup right out of college. And I think that this is so cool because so many young people are seeing the opportunity of entrepreneurship and they're going after it. But what I don't think is paired with that is I don't think that it's paired with the right expectations or they're not paired with the right amount of support. They go out there and they have this dream, but oftentimes that dream is shattered because entrepreneurship and business is what it is. But take me into a little bit about this article, why you wrote it, and then maybe we can talk about some of the particular tips or advice that you give in it. Yeah, sure. Thank you for pointing out this article because it is important. Actually, I would like to share my belief that it is not only accurate for students or people who would like to launch their startups, to do your own business. But I also think that it's relevant for everybody and every student because having entrepreneurial skill sets that we can talk about it and you can use it in the corporate environment. You can use it if you are a scholar, if you are an academician in a university, if you are working in a federal or national institution. Especially these days, there were lots of layoffs from large companies like Facebook, Google, and you may guess that all these people, most of them have degrees from good universities, they are engineers, and they found themselves without any job, and they were very happy, and they thought that it would go like this, but now they need to look for a job. So they need some skills. So one of them is talking with other people, right? What is important for this kind of programs or engaging with the entrepreneurial endeavors makes you prosper in a way that, for example, if you develop your skills to talk to the strangers that we were talking, after your first talk, for example, this is our first time, Hector, and I am sure we were strangers, but I am sure after this, we will be you know, good friends, per- right? Perhaps we met in a prior life. Maybe yeah. it was, maybe we are reuniting here. <laughs> this is, of course, we can talk about this later on. This is another issue. We can, I can talk about that. But this is also important for these people to understand that when you started these people, it is the same for these people also. You are a stranger also for them. So just understanding this, and in the article, I'm talking about, of course, the basics of the thing, which is that should be a real problem, real world problem. And you need to be talking about the solution to this problem, but this is not enough. You need to be passionate enough to solve this problem because it takes years. So this is very important. Can we go into the first one? Because I think it's really important that not enough people consider, especially entrepreneurs, they don't consider the problem enough. They just think about their solution, but they're not considering the problem, which is what you're talking about, going to the people and figuring out what do people actually need before you start building or creating something that you think they're going to buy. Yeah, that is important. Actually, when you talk about the idea, actually when an idea comes to your mind, 
it means that you come across with a problem, so you are trying to solve this problem with an idea. It doesn't come out of nowhere. For example, you are not, okay, sitting down, okay, ideas come to me, and now I will solve any, anything, but what is the problem? Of course, you see a problem, whatever it is, and you have an idea that to solve this problem, and it's good. But the question here, is this problem really a big problem for other people also? Do they care about it? If you propose a solution for them, will they really use your solution? So that's the important thing that you, to understand. You can only understand it by talking with these people who have these similar problems. And maybe when you're talking with them, you will realize that, okay, this is a problem, but it is not so big problem, but they have bigger problems and you can have bigger solutions for them. So I think this is the critical thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so important. So validating the problem is huge. Thinking about your solutions. You mentioned networking and meeting other people. That's come up a lot, even in today's conversation. Why do you think that's so important for early stage entrepreneurs and founders? Okay, let me share what happened just last month. I was mentoring a team. Actually, one person who was going through one of our programs that I was mentoring, he was a PhD student. He was trying to understand whether he should pursue a career in academia, being a professor, or he should launch a startup. Okay? The only reason he attended to this program, we, we called i program, entrepreneurship program. And it's good. Of course, he's, he's trying and he's trying to learn the things. But we were telling him, okay, go outside to talk to, you know, people. And he was trying to solve a problem with the anime, this Japanese anime, not animation, but Japanese anime. I'm sure you know it. And he was trying to reach out to people in Japan. So the time differences and everything, he was, oh, I couldn't talk. And, but I have some people in the U.S. I am trying to talk. And, okay, what did you do else? That's all. I am also mentoring in Founder Institute. It's a pre-seed international accelerator in Washington, D.C. So we have networking events every month. So I invited him to one of these networking events. And he said, yes, okay, I will come, I will try. And he came there and I introduced him a couple of people. After the meeting, he came to me and thanked me. Oh my God, there are lots of people here and I could talk anything with them. So you see, this is the thing. It is not the only case, of course, going outside the talking customers, but talking with the people that can think like you. So these kind of events are very important for people to go outside to talk. Even before going to customer discovery, it's good to go to these events. And I also see people, okay, oh, I didn't see you before. How did you find it? You know what? I just look at one of these apps, the meetup, and I saw this place and I came here to talk to people. If they develop this kind of attitudes to go outside to meet people in networking events and just start to talk with them and then it starts to change and then they feel more comfortable and they can talk to other people. Also, especially networking with the entrepreneurs like them because they went through the same process or there are people at the same level with them. So there are people just come to the scene and they are saying, what's going on? And you are talking with them because you are the same person and you're saying, I am here also. I am also trying to understand what's going on. Let's go together. So what I see, they are teaming up to talk with the other people. So 
I think this is encouraging for them and it is very helpful. That's why I just singled out talking with the entrepreneurs other than customers. Yeah, absolutely. Because it provides that emotional support, that connection. You're able to relate a little bit. The one thing that we haven't really talked about today a whole lot, which I know came up in the article, is getting funding. What do you have to say about the importance of that? Because, and I'll preface it with this, in the context that we live in this shark tank kind of world where getting the investment, getting the series A almost seems like the finish line, right? Where that is the culmination of an entrepreneur is getting that series A funded. I don't know that that's necessarily the case. So I'm curious for you how you approach and how you think about funding from your perspective. I think this is also one of the important things. And that's why I emphasize the first thing is when you start your own business, you only have your family and friends. That's why people call family, friends, and folks, right? They are full because they like you. So you are just getting this support from them. And it is not a big money at first, and you should be aware of that. The point here, you should be aware that at first, you don't need too much money. That's why we are telling them, go outside to talk to people because it doesn't cost you. And now they can talk through the Zoom meetings and everything. They can at their houses and they can do this. So the first thing is to be aware that you will not need too much money. That's why I encourage especially college students start their own things because they have lots of homeworks to do and lots of things. And of course, there are parties to attend. But they can also spend some time on their endeavors and do these kind of things. Maybe they can save some money because some of them, of course, are working. What I am saying to them, there are also lots of resources to have some grants. Even there are local institutions, there are university funds, there are National Science Foundation funds, and several funds that you can get. There are grants. Most of the time, you can apply you can attend some challenges. Actually, one of the founders that I talked, she just started by seeing a challenge during the COVID time, and she didn't have anything to do. And But the most important thing, okay, there was $3,000 in this challenge, so I will attend, and she won the first place. But this changed her life, because before that, she was doing her PhD at that time, and she didn't know about entrepreneurship. She didn't know that she could be an entrepreneur. So she talked to people there, just going there, and you can also raise money, and of course you can network with lots of people. These are hands in hand. And when I come to your question, you have series A, B, C, it goes till you go to an IPO. It's a long journey, and not every company goes to IPO, right? It is a long thing and it depends on you. And of course, in the case of your podcast, scaling, growth, you will grow, you will do several things. You can do all of them, but you need to be aware what is your assets and liabilities. This is the critical thing. And all the founders that I talked, they were saying, okay, if somebody told me more and more and more, be careful about burning the cash. Don't burn the cash. Because sometimes it is not good to have these seeds, seeds money, and especially in big chunks of money, which you think that it's a lot of money, but if you're not careful, if you're not planning, 
So this money can be burned. And you will see you know, at the end. So this is very critical also. Yeah. Don't burn the cash. Great Don't advice. I love that advice. That's a write a downer. This has been fantastic. I've got one more question for you. But before I do that, where can people go and get connected with you or follow you and go deeper into your world? I'm using the LinkedIn, so they can just write my name, Kuzeyhan Özdemir, and maybe you can share also. I have the link in my article at HBR, so they can reach out to me from LinkedIn, and I will be glad to answer any questions. And actually, there are people who are reaching out to me, like you, through LinkedIn, and I am just trying to help them because I want them really go outside, do the thing, and change not only other people's life, but change their lives. I want to share this when we are finishing in Turkey and of course in the world where there is a famous poet and also we call it the Islamic scholar and called Rumi. Maybe you've heard Rumi. There are lots of poems of Rumi, but one that I always use it, it is like this. Yesterday, I was clever. I wanted to change the world. Today, I am wise. I am trying to change myself. So it starts with you. If you want to change the world, first you need to change yourself and you will do it. I think that's what we're going to leave it at. Guys, that was a brilliant podcast. Kuzian, thank you so much for your time, your wisdom, your insights and what you're doing for the world. If you guys got some value out of this, I would appreciate a rating, a review, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you know someone who wants to grow their business, is looking to scale their business, please send them this episode. And take one thing from Kuzehan, one thing that you learned today, and implement it and let us know how it goes. Thanks again, as always, for being part of the How to Scale a Business family. We'll see you on the next one, guys. Later, y'all. Thank you.